You're listening to the Pedal Pumping Podcast, the podcast that explores all things pedal pumping. I'm your host, Mimi Footnip. I'm also a pedal pumping content creator and foot model. And if you'd like to know more about me and my work, in addition to the podcast, please visit my website, mimifootnip.com. I've got links on there to my social media, my OnlyFans, Clips for Sale Studio, Sext Panther, and so on. I've mentioned in previous podcasts that I'm now available on Sext Panther for those of you who want to chat either by texting or phone or video call. And I've had the great pleasure of conversing and role playing with some of you, and it has been sexy AF. I want to thank everyone who has given me the opportunity to explore your fantasies and pedal pumping. It has been amazing. I often. Uh, after chatting with you, we'll spend the rest of my day with those fantasies and thoughts rolling around in my brain, sometimes for days, sometimes for days. And so it's it's been it's been life changing, actually. So thank you. Just want to thank you all. And before I go any further with today's podcast, I want to thank my patrons. Tevin, Joe, Jim, Riker, Old Dirty, Michael, DBM, Not a Golfer, Sheldon, and Rayshon. You guys are the backbone of this podcast and your support is everything. So thank you. Thank you from the bottom of my heart. And thank you on behalf of all the listeners who are not patrons but enjoy the podcast. You guys are really, uh, you're the backbone. You're it. So thanks. I will... Get into some reader emails today, but we're going to take a quick break first. All right, and we're just going to get into emails. So this is from an anonymous listener who says, Hello, Mimi. I was listening to your show about pedal pumping dreams, and I wanted to share a recent one with you that was weird, but erotic to me. You have my permission to share this on your podcast as well. The other night, I had a dream that I got a ride from a coworker of mine named Mandy. She is blonde, 5'5", five five, and thin. In my dream, she was dressed in work attire, black slacks, white button-up blouse, black pointed toe heels. We got into her car and she kicked her heels off her feet. She grabbed them and tossed them in the back explaining, I hate driving in shoes. As the ride went on, I noticed that she loved to speed. Something came about her when she sped down the road in her car. She was driving a brand new 2021 Ford Mustang GT. The roar of the car excited me when her bare toes pushed the gas pedal to the floor. As I looked down at the sight of her gorgeous feet on the pedals, her toes were painted solid black and I noticed a simple tattoo riding on the toe of her right foot that read death. As the road became more open and free, she smiled as her leaning back in her seat and mashed the gas pedal. She held down that pedal with the full weight of her body through her soft, sexy bare foot. The engine screamed as a speedometer climbed above 90. I was in total ecstasy as I watched and discreetly rubbed my hard member through my pants. All of a sudden, a deer came in the middle of the road. Her eyes turned to saucers as she gasped and hit the brakes with her bare feet. 
She yanked the car to the left, and we found ourselves on the wrong side, barreling towards an oncoming car. All at once, her eyes went wider as she let out a deafening scream and threw her right foot on the dash, her soul in front of the glass. And before we hit, I woke up. My heart was racing, but still not completely sure if it was from the fact that I was erect and horny or because of the adrenaline I felt in the dream. What a, what a dream. What a crazy dream. Um, I, <laughs> I can't imagine uh, being in that situation and thinking I'm going to put my foot up in the in the window to kind of protect myself that's like a crazy move but of course it it is a dream right so crazy things happen but i'm so glad you shared that with me that's a sexy like fast driving a sexy fast driving dream i can imagine um a new ford gt that would be a lot of fun i wish that i had more open roads and um perhaps like less fear of a speeding ticket <laughs> because I really do like fast driving. I just don't have a lot of opportunities for it given where I live, the amount of traffic and um, the amount of cops. So <laughs> I really don't want to deal with speeding tickets. So I occasionally drive fast, but not, not like prolonged, fun, sexy, fast speeding so um but we can dream right if anyone would like to share their pedal pumping dreams or stories with me you can email me at mimifootnip at gmail.com i love reading these and if if i have your permission i'll read it out on the podcast so thanks for sharing that one i've got another email um this is from an anonymous listener he says hi mimi here is another account I felt compelled to put together. I remember in great detail, so I apologize if it is too lengthy. Thanks again for all you do. A true fan, Anonymous. And before I read this story, I'm going to say that I, I like detail, so bring it. <laughs> You're welcome to email me with your stories and include as much detail as you care to share. Uh, it's, it's quite good. So here we go with the story. He writes, a true story. On a chilly winter evening with snow blanketing the ground, circa 1978, I was visiting my grandparents with my mother, getting there early in the afternoon. At that time, I was nine, maybe 10 years old, and was just becoming aware of a great many things, including my own vulnerabilities. I had developed an affinity for many things and my interests were evolving as well, which increasingly involved new intrigue with girls and cars. I would easily crush on teachers and teen sitters as I was a cute kid, so I'm told, and I was blessed and cursed with this odd fetish I didn't understand. As a busy little dude, I was oblivious to most adult pursuits, but was occasionally distracted by moments when opportunity presented itself and that night would be one of those memorable occasions to bring my curiosity to the forefront. My mom's car was a pretty cool car as far as a fourth grader was concerned. While a lot of moms barreled around in tank-sized sedans and wagons, which were also pretty cool, we rolled in a quasi-muscle car that turned a few more heads as it drove by, 
due in part to the rather attractive chick behind the wheel. We didn't have a Beamer or Mercedes, but we loved our Plymouth Duster. My folks were younger and were still clinging onto their youth somewhat by hanging on to the more sporty car models with some considerable horsepower to enjoy. Our car was powered by a 318 four-barrel carb with mag wheels, actual Kregers, I believe, and pinstriping down the sides. It sported a metallic blue paint job with a black vinyl interior. If only it was four on the floor. Alas, it was an automatic transmission paired up with that 318 engine. I would have loved to watch mom work a clutch and floor shifter, but not so. It was quite the workhorse with few issues, but I remember it being a hard starter during colder months. My dad had some good mechanical skills and taught my mom more practical technique when starting a cold or even a hot engine. Mostly, she knew when to pump the gas and when to hold it down, understanding some of the mechanics behind how things worked. If you compared both my parents as drivers, though, my mom was the one who would enjoy a wide open throttle on the straight stretches and wind out a gear hitting 90 plus miles per hour. Not so with my dad, lol, as I can't ever remember him going fast. He was the most boring driver ever and never took any chances, as he always drove when they were together, as I think he probably didn't trust her, even though she has never had so much as a fender bender. The fact being, she was the crazier one behind the wheel. She was also the one who seemed to really enjoy hearing the engine rev up high and loud under her foot on occasion. Great fun for me too, and no wonder I love that stuff. So with the pretext complete, we can tell the tale. It was 1978, calm and dark with oppressive cold temperatures. We left my grandparents' early 20th century brownstone house from the back door down the steps to the driveway in the back, cleared of snow and sheltered by trees and bushes. My mother was sharply dressed in a cabled thick maroon turtleneck sweater paired with well-fitted fashion-labeled denim jeans shaded in a darker hue. The outfit was attractively accessorized with dark brown knee-high boots with an inseam black zipper. The jeans were trendily tucked into the tall shaft of the boots, which were zipped high up to the knee. The heels were stacked, blocky, and high, noticeably impacting the concrete as we came down the steps and circled the large evergreen bush toward the car. The Plymouth beckoned as it sat partially frosted with a light sparkle, cast in the soft glow of the rear porch lights. The undercarriage was a bit encrusted from traveling through slushy roads, the custom-rimmed wheels spinning in the briny road snow. The country roads were mostly clear on the ride over to my grandparents' house and not much pedal action to watch as mom navigated in midday urban traffic. When I was picked up earlier from a friend's house, the car had already been started, warmed up, and driven, so no cranking, pumping, or revving occurred as I sat on the passenger side of the bench seat, stealing glances at the driver's side floorboard as my mother worked the pedals in her high-heeled boots. They were the popular trend and allow me to lend some context to the day. Some of the girls in school were dressing in the same trend with the junior style outfits too, by zipping boots knee high over their jeans or with longer skirts and I had begun to happily take notice of this trend amongst schoolgirls. 
in the same theme, I remember a friend and I came in after being outside screwing around like kids used to do one afternoon a month or so prior to this story. And my mom walked into the family room all dressed up for a night out. She looked great, of course, and my friends were always a burr in my side reminding me how, dude, your mom is hot. I would be like, yeah, some are, some aren't, and then punch them in the arm. Or adults would say, oh, I thought you were her little brother, yada, yada, yada. Ugh. Mom knew this and would always smile and say thank you, seeing my eyes rolling. I was really embarrassed, though, when she asked my friend and I how the outfit looked. It sometimes sucks having an attractive mom when you're a kid, but it sure raises your standards later, haha. <laughs> so boys, how does this look? She asked genuinely, putting a hand on her hip. She had a long sleeve blouse and a knee-length denim skirt. In addition, she wore stylish knee-high boots that were fresh out of the box and the same pair she had on now. Saying nothing in response, I just couldn't help but gaze upon the high heels and admire the height of the boots that ascended to meet the denim hemline. She smiled broadly at us as we looked on in favor, probably noticing my hesitance to answer. Whoa, this bro of mine says, or something similar. Nice outfit, Mrs. M. It was nice, and I cringed again as this BFF oogled my mom while he was standing right freaking there next to me. Pleased, she thanked him by name for the compliment, spun on her heel, and left the room. And I often wondered later if she would, in fact, be the one behind the wheel driving wearing those amazing boots on that girl's night out. So now, some weeks later, I was admiring these same boots, adeptly operating the pedals during our drive, the height of the heels, the subtle pleasing nuances, and how the tops were all the way up at the bend of the knee with the denim jeans snugly tucked inside. Along with her confident manner, she could have easily been right out of the fashion pages of a Macy's catalog that day. Later on, when we left my grandparents' house, I could feel the subtle anticipation building as I hurried around to the passenger's door of the duster. The car had been sitting for some time, and the big engine was solidly cold-soaked. My hope was that the 318 would start hard and require some incentive for my mom to keep it running. I grabbed the icy handle and heaved open the big passenger door and piled onto the vinyl seat anxious to get a good look. I watched as mom stepped in and placed her coat in the middle of the bench seat as I think it, the coat, was long and kind of clumsy to have on while driving. Unfortunately, the lighting inside the car was dim and no footwell lights were still operable, making it difficult to see much more than shadows down around the pedals. Dang it. The adjacent lights from the house next door did shed a nice glow across the seat as I could see the tops of her boots as she settled into the driver's side. I think she said something about it being freezing cold and slammed the driver door. She then worked her gloves onto her hands as our breath started to fog the windows. I'm sure I thought, whatever, just start the car already. It was eerily quiet as she reached her foot out to the gas pedal making a small tap as she made contact with it. I leaned in a bit, trying to remain inconspicuous, but straining the eyes right out of my skull to see her foot in the dark as she shifted in the seat, scooching up a tiny bit closer to the steering wheel due to her limited reach 
to the pedals. The keys rattled as she fumbled with the ignition. The buzzer sounded as she inserted the key into the ignition slot, and I was nearly bursting now. If only I could see into the shadows of the footwell. The throttle linkage creaked subtly, and I could plainly see her right thigh lower as she depressed the gas pedal all the way. Three or four times she pumped it to the floor and back with obvious purpose. This was a promising sign and I was hanging on each passing second. Twisting the ignition triggered the massive starter and heaved the engine into motion. It turned slowly but steadily as she, almost poetically, firmly continued pumping on the accelerator. The engine increased in speed as if to start and she pushed all the way down and held it. This resulted in a false start as she released the key and the gas pedal. The sound of the starter diminishing slowly to a low whir almost had it. After a moment, she re-engaged the starter and she put the pedal back down to the floor. This time, it was gun to life with a cold and healthy rev up. She revved it again, making sure she kept it running about 3,500 RPMs if I had to guess. She then kept moderate pressure on the gas pedal keeping the engine steady at a pretty good speed, around 2,500 RPM. The cold engine gruffly humming along for what seemed like a minute. She said something to me, I don't remember what, and I just said, mm, mm-hmm, and kept watching. I'm sure she was wondering if I was still on planet Earth. From that throttle position, she pushed further down on the gas, revving it again. She then allowed the pedal to spring back to idle, which did not kick down to low speed. She revved it one more time loudly, and the engine still held its elevated idle speed. She seemed satisfied with that, and flipped the defroster on higher with the wipers going on the windshield. That was it? I wondered, totally disappointed. I couldn't even see her right foot working the gas pedal in the dark, and not much of a show. As I was lamenting, the engine abruptly idled down and kicked off. I noted how the gas pedal clunked on the floorboard as she tried for the save. Nope, it chugged off, silent, except for the ignition buzzer and the red dash lights. I felt the rush of anticipation and my expectations rose along with my adrenaline. Oh, she sputtered, clenching her lips. She keyed the ignition again and pressed way down on the gas, the engine roaring immediately back to life as she released the pedal. I had a brief moment of despair on the verge of more disappointment as the engine's idle droned on and on for a few seconds without further revving. But then, maybe thinking twice, she dropped her foot down and revved it pretty hard. Definitely cool. Not bad. One of the harder revs I had heard in a while. The engine rumbled on at a healthy but cold idle as she reached a gloved hand out again to set the defrost but for the love of God, I needed more. Did you floor it? I blurted out, startling myself and having absolutely no idea how she would respond. Would she think I was being a complete weirdo for asking? Would she know I was turned on by that? I mentally face-palmed myself. What are you doing? Almost, she answered, totally unconcerned, as if I had just asked her if we were home yet. My mind almost blew a fuse as she turned to look at me curiously with a blank expression. Was she waiting for me to say something? What do I say? Something like, oh, okay, I was just wondering. Very well done. I, uh... 
would I give away my position and forever make this awkward, possibly ruining future revving opportunities? Ah, I had to say something. So I unexpectedly went all in. Do it, I said with just a hint of glee and in full cringe at the same time. As if waiting for permission, she immediately pushed the gas pedal all the way down to the floor. OMG. The car's engine hesitated for a split second at the demand and then responded at full throttle, the sound tearing through the night. Nearly as hard as I had ever heard her rev it dating back to the infamous jump start a few years ago. She let off the gas and the engine gargled back to idle. As I remember this in full detail, she didn't say anything, but she did glance over at me as if for approval at honoring my request. Could she even see the amazement on my face? This awkwardness was not over yet. And what do I do now? Should I thank her? Did she enjoy flooring it like that too? Did we just share a weird sort of bonding moment or was she just amused at my weirdness? Now what? I was faced with an incredible dilemma on how to respond. Do it again, I blurted out, thinking I just gave it all away in a split second. Life will now be over as I know it. She floored it again, this time with noticeably more emphasis and with more force as if to say, I thought you would never ask. She held the gas pedal to the floor for just a moment longer this time, producing the loudest and hardest rev of a four-barrel carbureted V8 I have ever heard. And I was right there in the car. The engine screamed for a second at what had to be above redline and without a rev limiter. Again, I could not believe it. She yanked her foot off the gas as if surprising even herself and the engine wound back down to idle, loping along as if nothing even happened. Exhaust billowing from the tailpipe in a huge swirl around the car. I just looked at her astounded. Damn. She giggled out loud and grabbed the steering wheel and the shifter, seeming a little embarrassed. I really shouldn't race the engine that hard, she said, admonishing herself while stepping on the brake pedal and grabbing the shifter. In euphoric shock, I turned to look out the back window at the diminishing exhaust smoke and noticed my grandmother had come outside to see if we were okay. What the heck did she think of all of that? Mom slowly backed down the driveway and just waved out the side of the window with a smile. Granny returned the gesture, just another cold winter night with mom flooring the car. So I was very paranoid that I may have outed and shamed myself. Did I totally expose this fetish in front of my own mother? What I didn't yet realize is that I had not really revealed anything. To her, I was just a kid who asked her to put the pedal to the metal just to hear what it would sound like. I believe she and many quote, normal people, would just have considered it to be an amusing aside. Flooring the car was no different than turning up the stereo really loud at the best part of a great song. Nothing but a thing, and that was all it was. On the way home, I found myself fiddling with the radio and trying to reassure myself. I was asked about school and Christmas or whatever, and the conversation was normal. Not uncomfortable in the least, to my relief. The jig was not up. I figured the whole thing would be awkward in the future, but it never really was. I think my mom probably immediately dismissed it as just another silly thing to expect from a nine-year-old boy, which 
I guess it was. All right, this is a great story. I love it. I love all the detail. Thank you so much. Um, yeah, I, I could totally picture, I have a nine-year-old nephew and if he asked me to floor the car, I, I mean, I, I definitely could see something like this being interpreted as just the antics of a nine-year-old boy. Um, I think that if your mom was unaware of pedal pumping as a fetish, then yeah, like why would she possibly think that it was arousing or sexual, right? Um, only, only those of us that are, as you say, blessed and cursed with the fetish really understand or would think to interpret it in that way. So you got away with it, kid. <laughs> That's a great story. Thank you so much for sharing. And I welcome you to share more. I love these revving stories. You know, a little bit of revving with cranking or a little bit of cranking with revving. I think that it, it's a, it's a nice, it's a nice combination. It's kind of like the cranking, the cold start, and then the the revving is kind of like the punishment, the the like, I'm in charge here, I'm the boss, you know, you're gonna do what I say, rev, rev, rev. <laughs> That's what I always do to my Jeep, like, especially if I'm trying to start it. The other day I was at Costco doing a little shopping and I had the Jeep all loaded up with my things and then it cranked a few times. It was kind of a cold day and it wasn't cooperating and it was being cranky and uh you know the costco parking lot's full of people and very few people have cars that are hard to you know carbureted cars that are hard to start anymore and so people are looking at me and um and so once i finally got the jeep started i was revving the fuck out of it to to partly to kind of show off and be like i got you started you bitch but also to let people know like around me like I want to let you know that I started my car <laughs> if you were walking by and it was cranking I want the whole parking lot to hear my car start and <laughs> there I am revving it so anyway thank you so much for your stories your dreams your true stories your fantasies I welcome it all uh, email me mimifootnip at gmail.com I love hearing from you guys Again, thank you to my patrons. You are the backbone of this podcast and listeners who write in, you are the content of this podcast, really. And so I am just kind of a conduit. And thank you all. Thank you all for participating in this community that we've created. It's it's really kind of become something that I never could have dreamed or imagined. So it's it's really special and near and dear to my heart. Thank you all so much. Have a fabulous weekend get out there enjoy some pedal pumping whether it's in real life or you treat yourself to some content buy yourself a new video this weekend uh, you know not necessarily for me I mean you're welcome to but from whatever creators whatever content you enjoy uh, indulge yourself you deserve it take care